the EP podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at the eppodcast.com. This is the EP podcast. My name's Chris Lanuti. Hi, I'm your neighbor. You're at my nine foot homemade oak bar in my basement right here in Evergreen Park. 30 minutes awaits you, all Evergreen Park. Hannah, my co-host, down at the other end of the bar. And before we get into what is going on on this episode, let's talk about stuff that's coming up so you're prepared. Folks from Mother Macaulay, Brother Rice, going to come down here and talk to you about summer programs that you can send your kids to to get them out of your house. Also, State Representative Kelly Burke going to be on the show in a few weeks. If you have questions for these people, you can call, as always, 708-459-8406, Leave your message, or maybe you want to comment on what's going on this week. Because this week, we are eating Evergreen Park again, heading to the Red Palm. We have Glenn Panuski from The Village in here to talk permits. This is the time of year when you're thinking about doing something around the house. We're going to tell you when you actually need a permit for that. And you're going to love the winner of this week's EP Podcast Car Magnet Giveaway. She was hyped. And she got $100 in free food from Evergreen Park Eateries. And you, Hannah, you're leaving town this week. I want to ask you about this. How long are you going to be gone for? Four days. Four days? That's it. Okay, so you'll be back. I'll be back on Tuesday night. All right, you're going to, you're going down to New Orleans? No, going to central Louisiana. Central Louisiana. Swampland. I can't do that accent. I try, but I, I can't do it. Okay, so what what which swampland country town are you going to? Going to a Bowles Parish. What's it called? A Bowles Parish. It's just it's called after a parish. Well, we don't have counties, we have parish. Okay, so but what's the name of the town? You don't want to give up Effie? Effie. Oh my god. This sounds so Or unless southern. you're my niece and nephew, they call it happy. Yeah, well, it, you can call it whatever you want to. It's I mean, happy. It sounds like a town that I would never show up in unless I was lost. And then you would I'd have be, to be very lost. I'd have to be very lost to get to this town that you're oh, going yeah. to in central Louisiana. This is your hometown? This is where I was uh, born and raised, where okay. I grew up. All right. You're going back there to see family. I'm going to see my family. We're going to eat some crawfish. <laughs> it's going to be raining, so some I'll get crawfish. ready. Yeah, I'm going to eat some I crawfish. Love it. I love it. I love how it isn't like... I love that it isn't a stereotype, that this is really like what you love. If you watch Swamp People on History Channel, not a bit of that is dramatized. That's how you live? Yes. You lived in the swamp with the swamp people. We were on the edge of the swamp. You're a but swamp person is what you're telling well, me. Well, a swamp person, but that's how, they, <laughs> that's how they live. They got their white rubber boots on. How many gators on average would you see in a year of I mean, life I didn't see too many there. gators. They don't come out. You have to like go out into the water and like find right. them. They don't just walk up you to go your on house. Their wa- like when you, like, is that like a thing kids do? They just go out and they find a gator? No, it's mainly, we get a lot of snakes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Poisonous ones, I would imagine, down there, too. Oh, yeah. Cottonmouths, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Water moccasins. Those are all black, the water moccasins. Yes, they are. Yeah. My father tried to tell me something. He was down in the south for a vacation over the last couple of weeks, and he was talking about this big black snake that was going through the water with a fish in its mouth and its (laughs) head above the water. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm glad it didn't get you. He's like, ah, guy told me that uh, anything that if it doesn't have color it's not poisonous i'm like that isn't true no that isn't true that was probably a water moccasin i was 11 years old and went to go feed my bull bubba and i went well i'm sorry hold on a second you went to go feed your bull bubba and the bull's name was bubba yep 
People are going to start thinking you're making this up, Hannah. He's 2,000 pounds. He won state. He was like the state champion. He's won the state champions. He was a state champion bull. I was in 4-H. And his name was Bubba. Bubba. How old were you when you and Bubba were hanging out? Uh, I was between 11 and 13. An 11-year-old Hannah with her bull, 2,000-pound Bubba. Bubba. Wow. Anyways, I went to pick up his feed sack, and underneath his feed sack was a big black water moccasin, just shiny, slick black. And I just dropped the bag. I don't know if I crushed the snake or not, but I ran, and I didn't go back out there. Yeah, I think I would run, too. Yeah. I would never let my children out of the house with those things around. I was a little... You grew up in a place where things will eat the children. Like, it's like, go out and play in the backyard, kids, and you send six kids out and five return. You know, one of the last news... I worked at a TV station in New Orleans, and one of the last... I did the the news teases, you know, coming up tonight at five, that kind of stuff. And one of the last stories I teased, I think it was my last day or the day before my last day... um, this is, you know, a little bit north of New Orleans, but a kid went out, you know, it's a subdivision, has a little pond. Right. He's out there in the pond on right. the edge of the water. That makes Gator sense. jumps out of the water, just clean rips his right arm off at the sh- shoulder socket. Oh, my God. It's just, like two days of morbid stuff. Yeah. We had Lorraine last week from the past with her morbid murder. <laughs> and I was like, we're not going to have any morbidness. And you got kids with their arms being ripped off by gators? Yep. And then the, I thought we were just going to have a lightheaded conversation about your country background. Well, that's part of it. You got to watch out for that. This is is why I don't go swimming back home. Yeah, I wouldn't go in a pond. Here's my thing. Who lets kids swim in ponds in places like that? I just remember, I can't remember how, I was less than 10, but I was in some muddy water, you know, swimming, and something just real slithery went on the edge of my leg while I was swimming. Why were you even allowed to do that when you were a child? never gotten back. When I... Uh, you guys, you, you have your uh, lake, your family has a lake house in Indiana. It's a beautiful, big, clean. Yes, and we're north pristine. enough that there are no poisonous things. I still. There are no gators and there are no poisonous things. I get things. in the water up there and I don't stay in the water for too long because I'm always like, oh, no, no, something's going to get you. You worry something's going to get you. They don't have anything up there, though. That's you don't the know thing. that. You I don't always know think what's that. under there. I always think to myself, like, everything's good. Everything's fine. Until. And then I can't find a kid and I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Now time for your EP podcast, Word on the Street. This Saturday, April 13th, the Golf Driving Range reopens at 50 Acre Park, 91st and Rockwell. Weekdays, 3 to 8 p.m., weekends, noon to 8, weather permitting. Also this Saturday at the new Community Center, from 10 a.m. until 11.30 in the morning, family pictures with the Easter Bunny, Continental Breakfast, crafts, cartoons, egg coloring. It is Evergreen Park's Easter happenings. And remember, tis the season for garage sales. You have to go by Evergreen Park Village Hall and get yourself a permit. But don't worry, it's like five bucks and you end up on the website where they're going to promote your garage sale. Not a bad deal. We're going to talk more about permits with Glenn Panuski from the village coming up here in just a little bit. Before we get to that though, you have to sit back and listen to the excitement that occurred when I drove past an EP podcast car magnet on the back of a vehicle i see this truck it's got an ep podcast car magnet on the back of it i walk around the house because it's like a corner house and there's somebody in the garage and i'm not even sure if it's their car but i've got a hundred dollars in free food at evergreen park eateries to give away and my big mistake is i didn't have the recorder on it wasn't even out of my pocket and the moment i said is that your car she knew what was happening take a listen 
You put that on the back of your car. I put that on the back of my son's car because it's always parked on the street. Mine gets parked in the, the <laughs> garage. So I was like, if anyone gives him that $100, I want or whatever it is, 50 25 I don't care. I'm like, I want it. Okay, He's, so of course, sleeping. He's it's 18. on his car. It's on his car. But it was put on there by you, so you would win. By me. Because, oh. you know, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. He's still not awake. Well, he doesn't deserve this. No, son. he doesn't deserve it at <laughs> all. Oh, my God. This is so great. What's your name? Dawn McCafferty. Hi, Dawn. I'm Chris. How nice are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you here. Um, <laughs> so I got it at the Most Holy Redeemer um, trivia night. They okay, had yeah, a they stack of them there. The thing, yeah. And there was a question about you. I know. I was up in the front. They surprised me. Okay. That. There yeah. was a question about you at trivia night and my whole table knew it. And yeah, that's when I got the magnet. Very cool. So great. All right. So what I have this week that we're giving away is we're giving away $100 in gift cards to <laughs> oh to Evergreen so Park Restaurant. So there's some Rosangels in there, some La Cucina, <gasps> and some Cravings. Really? So who also does, they're not only doing ice cream, but they're doing... Uh, they're doing food over there now, too. So really? Yeah. Yeah, really? So yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is just so great. <laughs> I'm so excited. Congratulations. You know, I'm going to tell you something right now. I was driving around today, and I was like, maybe I'll see a sticker because it's nice out. <laughs> and I was just like, and I'm driving down the street. I live in this direction. And that... I just turned to the right, and I was like, there's a sticker. Oh, my so... gosh. Well, so look at my refrigerator. I had a bunch of things on the fridge. I'm like, I got to go put this on Evan's car because it's always on the street, and he'll drive by and see it. That's what people do. They put them on the refrigerator, and they don't win. No, then... no. We're not driving our refrigerator around this is so great well this is awesome i'm glad you're so excited thank you so much thank Chris. you for listening it's awesome to meet you we, i've met, listened quite a few times in the car on the way to work thank you so yeah, much that's yeah. awesome great thanks for doing what you do one of my favorite segments that we do regularly here on the ep podcast is something that my wife came up with and i'm pretty sure she did this so that she could get her husband out for a night on the town every once in a while this is a ploy to get me out of the house right <laughs> It was. Yeah. It was a ploy. All right. And it's called Eating Evergreen Park. And this week, we're going to try out the Red Palm, which was your idea to pick as our new restaurant to go try out. It was you. We were at the Sip and Sample. Yeah, the Sip and at Sample at the library. Chef Mario is the chef. Yes. And he had a great, like, I don't know, it was like a vodka um, like pasta a, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was like a like vodka that. sauce pasta or something like that. And you were like, we should go review their restaurant. Yes. And I've only been in there just to drink beers with guys after events. I've never eaten there. So I contacted Mike Nix. He's the owner. And we headed over to the Red Palm. And this, the latest installment. Of Eating Evergreen Park. You stole my line. (laughs) This week on Eating Evergreen Park. We are sitting with Mike Nix. He is the owner of the Red Palm. And I got to be honest with you, Mike, I've been here here several times for different events and stood at the bar and had a couple of beers, but I've never sat down and had the food. And how would you describe this? Would you call this a restaurant that has a bar or a bar that just happens to serve some pretty good food? Or a bar that serves really great food. Everything's made fresh. We make everything in-house from scratch. And uh, we serve it with quality and tender, loving care. I really like the the whole vibe, first of all. And I'm kind of curious as to where you got this from, because it doesn't seem like something that you would see in this area, I guess, of the city or the country or whatever. I mean, everybody's got an Irish bar. And here I walk in, there's bamboo on the walls and there's... There's, there's grass hanging here from the ceiling, and the fans are tropical, and there's surfboards on the walls. I mean, 
did do you, do you go to a lot of tropical places? Is that where you got this from? What was the what was the idea of the concept? Well, I, you know, I've lived all over the country, working in different places. I was spent some time down in Miami, and I've always felt that anytime you're in a, a tropical climate, you're on vacation. And who has a bad time on vacation? So I kind of made this our uh, our vacation spot of Evergreen Park. Uh, you know, local attitude. Uh, Island attitude. <laughs> so uh, that, that's kind of what the concept came from. Uh, you know, we were talking about the name. You know, we were talking about calling it maybe Maui Mike's, but we have a banquet room upstairs, and it's kind of hard to have a funeral luncheon for at Maui Mike's. Just doesn't kind of go together. <laughs> so uh, we came up with. Uh, my wife was talking. We were talking about getting tropical plants out on our patio. We have a three thousand square foot patio. And uh, I was looking at renting some, you know, like, 20-foot palm trees, and they wanted, like, $3,000 a month to rent them. But then I found an electric palm tree, which is the greatest advertisement there is. It's better than the sign. Uh, so <laughs> we're the only place with a 20-foot red electric palm tree on 95th Street. Yeah, it's pretty easy to find, I would think. You know, if, you don't, if you can't find the red palm when you're driving down the street, you're blind. <laughs> and they should take your driver's license away from you. Tell me a little bit about the, the, uh, the room that you have here in the back. Because I, I find this to be just one of the more amazing rooms that I found while we're bouncing around the different restaurants. Because there's a lot of history in the room that you have. I mean, that, that bar has got to be... That's a classic that you have back there in your in your conference room or your banquet room, where you where where people can rent it out and everything like that. That that reminds me of walking into the old Lanuti Tavern that my family owned, and that, that thing was around since around the time of Prohibition, and that's that's how it felt walking back there. Well, if you notice, there's no windows in that room, so that's it's very old room. Uh, the bar is the original bar up there, uh, and we hold about 140 people in a sit down. Uh, we do a lot of uh, we do a lot of funeral luncheons. We do a lot of weddings and showers, communion parties. This is the communion season. We're doing a lot of communion parties, uh, retirement parties, birthday parties. Uh, we do a lot, uh, and everything's based on your food and beverage package uh, per person. And seven zero eight five eight one three one five four. Good plug. I like that. You had that number like right at the top of your head. Yes. Okay, so you also do something that I think is kind of fun here. You do turtle races. Where does that idea come from, and like, how do you find the turtles that are good at racing? Like, what is it like? Do you have to train them? Give give me give me something on this turtle race. All right, so turtle racing. I wonder. I was planning on doing some kind of racing of. I was thinking about crabs or something like that. But small children. Yeah, small children, right. dogs. Um, <laughs> but they're really high maintenance. And they're, Especially the small children. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get that lasso on them. Um, but. Uh, I was looking it up, and I, I started thinking about turtles, because who knows how long they live. They're basically prehistoric. And uh, I started looking up the history of turtle racing, and do you know turtle racing started in Chicago in, like, 1911? You're just making this up yeah. now. I'm telling you. <laughs> it, started at, it started on the near south side in a bar, and they were busted for the paramutual wagering, the legal paramutual wagering. They are betting on the turtles. And then it got big again in the 20s, and then it was big again in the 40s. And it all started here in Chicago. And so I thought, well, that's a kind of a novel concept. Let's start turtle racing. So I acquired some turtles, and I've been training them. They've been with me since we opened. Uh, and they are trained. Uh, we train them all season long. During the winter, they kind of go into hibernation. But they're, they're up and moving around now. 
and they're getting ready for racing season, which starts May 4th. We have a special Saturday uh, turtle race program for Kentucky Derby Day. And that's the kickoff to racing season for us at the Red Palm. And then it's every Thursday night at 8 o'clock. It follows our St. Bernadette's Queen of Hearts program at 7.30, and then turtle racing starts at 8 o'clock out on our patio, weather permitting. Man, oh, man, you can, just, you can, you can watch the ponies, but beforehand you can watch the turtles. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you know what I think is the best here is that you open up an island bar in Evergreen Park on the south side of Chicago, <laughs> and then no you island. found a way where there's no island, and then you found a way to use a south side tradition which is turtle racing, which seems extremely tropical. This, this, is, this, is, this is very symbiotic. I, 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 I love this. <laughs> well, thank you, but uh, <laughs> it is, it's a lot of fun. You know, and all the turtles have their names. We give them different names for different races. Uh, um, I, I've got a list of downstairs I could probably pull up and give you some of the class. So you change their names from time to time? Change the names, change the numbers around. What it is is there's six turtles. We do six races of six turtles. And Starting at 6 o'clock, for every beer you buy, you get a raffle ticket. If you buy a pizza or a bucket of beer, you get five raffle tickets. With that, at 8 o'clock, about 5 to 8, we have the bucket of tickets and we pull a ticket. If your ticket's pulled, that's your turtle. You get turtle number one, number two, number three, number four, and so on and so forth. If your turtle comes in first, you win a Red Palm Turtle Racing t-shirt. If your turtle comes in dead last, you get a beer. I would probably, I mean, like, I want your T-shirt, but then I'd be rude for my turtle to be terrible. <laughs> uh, that's why we move the numbers around. <laughs> Erica, it's now time for your big moment. Uh, it's it's Erica's one question that she asked. Uh, I guess I, I want to ask you about your uh, your wood fire oven. Like, I see all the food seems to go in there, and um, does it is it hard to maintain that? No, um, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's a unique cooking aspect of cooking. Um, you know, you have to watch the temperatures of it and what kind of wood you're burning. Um, but it's, no, it's relatively easy to maintain. Uh, it's just, uh, you can only fit so much in there, though. So, like, on a really busy night, you know, we have to tell the girls, you know, hey, you know, if you're waiting for a pizza, it might be a little bit more than 20, 25 minutes. You know, it takes time to cook things in there. But uh, when it comes out, it comes out piping hot, and it's really, really worth the wait seems like you're using that for everything though right yes we cook our whole menu out of there and you could tell in the taste yeah i mean that's that's what the crazy thing is like we we've tried a couple things tonight we're going to talk about it but everything we tried came out of that oven and you can you can taste that in the food do you think that that's what gives you this something unique here in this area Yes, I think the wood has a lot to do with it. I've, I've been to places that had gas fired ovens similar to that, but with gas, it's not the same. It's just a whole different cooking process. That wood, that smoke going over the top of it permeates a little bit. And it's not overwhelming, but you can taste it. You, that's the difference of the taste. Mike, I really appreciate you stopping by. Chris, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. What did you like the most? If you had to pick one thing while we were sitting there eating, and he gave us a ton of food, what did you like the most? Uh, the chicken wings. Definitely the chicken wings. You know what I liked about them is that they remind me of when you and I decide we're just going to cook chicken wings at home. And you're always like, man, why can't you get them like this at a restaurant? Because they were fresh. They you know were what I'm very saying? fresh. But they were wood-fired. You know, you can go to a million different places and get chicken wings, and I'm a chicken wing lover. These were really good. And, and I remember he brought the sauce out, and it wasn't on the wings. And that pile of onions is on top of it. It just came out of the wood-fired oven. 
I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And I put sauce on it. And I tried it without the sauce. I never put the sauce on it again. Yeah, I didn't use the sauce either. I just thought that they were, the seasoning that was on them was just perfect. Right. You, I mean, you don't need, you don't even need to have the sauce. You you want the sauce on the side because they have their own flavor to them before you even add the sauce. It's a very interesting take on chicken wings and I thought it was awesome. The thing I really liked the most though was the pulled pork sandwich. I gushed over it. I think he thought you I was did. really laying it on <laughs> thick, but I gushed over it. I really liked it because there's a lot of places you can get pulled pork. And I'm a barbecue nut. You know that. I do the do the rib competition over at Redeemer every year. And I love smoking things in my smoker. And I like a good pulled pork sandwich if it's done right. It's a Hawaiian barbecue sauce. And the coleslaw is clearly made probably that day. It's really crisp. And I'm not a big coleslaw eater. I only have it when it's with something else. And sometimes when I have it with something else, I'm like, well, I, I don't know if I really even liked it. This like you take a bite into the sandwich and the sweet of the sauce added with the slaw flavor and the crunch inside the bread. I, I could eat in like six of those. You kept bring out other food and I just wanted to eat more. I ate some of yours. <laughs> that, I mean, like that's the thing. And, and you know what really struck me about this place was we keep going to restaurants. Every time we go on and eating in an Evergreen Park thing, we've gone to a restaurant. This is the first time I felt like we went to a bar. Yes, we did definitely go to a bar. We went to a bar. It's a bar. You know what it reminds me of, though, is, you know, we've taken several trips now down to Florida as a family. You know, we got, we got three kids. We got 13 and 11 and a, and, a, and a three-year-old. And so we've made this trip several times. Clearwater, Sanibel, Captiva, Fort Myers, you know, we, we, on the Gulf side of Florida. And you go down there and you're on vacation and you walk into a bar. Yes. Right? And you're like, well, this is, a, this is an island bar. Right. Right. I mean, it's not it's it's not perfect, but it's clean. See what I'm saying? It's got some old things. It's got the it's got stuff hanging on the walls. It's a it's definitely an island bar. You know, you get that feeling right. And you sit down and you're like, well, I just want to have a beer because I've been on the road forever or whatever like that. Or I need a break. Get the kids some food. And it's it's just the food isn't that good. And it's overpriced. This is an island bar where the food is great. And the price is good. Yeah. See what I'm saying? And there's no island. Right. And there's no, there, that's the only thing you don't have. <laughs> there is no island. Unless you want to pretend you're on an island because you're cut off by the train whenever it goes by on 95th Street. <laughs> but it's an island bar when you walk into it. I mean, they have turtle races and they've got a patio out there. You know, they got tiki's all around the place and they've got some fun island food and they've got a great selection of beers and they're carrying Hawaiian beers. And, and they also have like, island drinks. They got, you know, all kinds of island drinks and stuff like that. Fun place, I would think, for the summer. But even in the winter, you need a break and you want that feeling. And and I think it's really cool. I mean, it's, it's yet another little place that we find in Evergreen Park that has a unique feel to it that, again, makes you sit there and say, well, why would I go travel anywhere else? The only thing he's missing is like big giant tiki drinks where I could drink out of a tiki's head. <laughs> well, maybe, uh, maybe he will <laughs> add that to the that menu. I'm to next time. Um, what I liked about it is there's just so much to do there. I mean, you can, you know, have a banquet upstairs at his banquet hall or the turtle races or the big patio in the summertime. Or the so, fish fry going on during yes. Lent. Although you didn't need that because we had that Mexican pizza with the shrimp on it. And, and that, that's my Friday meal now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, that was pretty good. The barbecue Mexican pizza. That was wonderful. So We had fun at the Red Palm. I want to say thank you very much to Mike for having us over there. I'm looking forward to a turtle race. 
Uh, that might be my spot for the Kentucky Derby. I think they said uh, May 4th. May 4th, they're going to be doing the uh, the turtle race and the derby. So that, that sounds like a lot of fun. We recommend it, right? Yes, definitely. We liked it. And that is another episode, another installment of Eating Evergreen Park. Are you or someone you know looking to learn how to play a musical instrument this year? Then you should be checking out Westgate Music School, 6527 West 127th Street in Palos Heights. Private music lessons for all instruments, including guitar, piano, drums, voice, bass guitar, violin, banjo, ukulele, and more. Are you a vocalist? Are you ready to play a musical instrument and looking to join a group? Westgate Music School offers group classes for rock band, acapella vocal, and barbershop quartet. Students of all ages and ability levels will have the opportunity to perform three times a year in a student concert. Gift certificates for Westgate are also available. More information, call 708-586-7002 or go to westgatemusicschool.com. Winter seems to have come to a screeching halt and spring is sprung. And Glenn Panuski is hanging out down here at my nine-foot homemade oak bar. He is from the village of Evergreen Park. He has been on the show many times before. Uh, Glenn, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great, and you're doing a great job here, Chris. So thanks for having me back. Oh, no problem. No problem. Listen, I, I want to have you on because people start thinking about major projects now, if they haven't already. But I even see it driving up and down the street now. I see a new fence being put in. My neighbor actually came by last week, and he wants to put a new fence around his property, and he's going through the whole process of w- what he needs to do, and he was down at the permit department, and this is the time of year where people are getting these ideas, but they don't know exactly what they have to do in the village to make sure that they get them done right. And, you know, I'm the kind of person that every once in a while, I'm like, I'm changing that wall. I want to paint it. You know what I'm saying? So you might be outside doing some yard work and you're thinking of stuff. And I, I ask you on because I know that there are certain things you got to get permits for, certain things you don't have to get permits for, certain things that you, you need to tell the village about and certain things you don't. So that's kind of where I would start at today with you. Well, very generally, um, Construction things, the, the, your first stop is to go into the billing department because if you're, you're doing a deck or fencing, like you said, uh, there are codes that have to be followed. So your first stop is the billing department. You've got uh, Lori and Roxanne in there, very nice, and they'll lead you through the whole process. You're getting a permit, you're getting a, a roof done, or and a lot of times if you're using you know, a carpenter or a contractor, they know to do all that a lot of times they'll do that for you but uh, the first thing is just you talk to them they'll let you know everything you need to know things like landscaping and painting now that you can do on your own so if i do like a big landscaping project let's say like i i have an evergreen in front of my house but it's on my property and i one of the things that i want to do this year is i want to you know i trim it every year so right. i take a couple a couple of them off at the bottom because i used to work in a landscaping place so i know exactly how to do it without killing the tree right see what i'm saying so I, I don't need to hire somebody for that. So I always end up doing that and I'll lay out my mulch and stuff like that. But if I want to do like little borders that even look like little fences, but those little tiny things that you put around that or, or anything like that, landscaping is not something I need to go get a permit exactly for. Exactly right. Okay. All right. But if I then decided I wanted to put a fence around the backyard, of course you need to have a permit for that. Right. Because they need to take a look at your plan, a survey and things like that. So um, I have a, a stockade fence around my yard and I've had sections of it blow down you know, just due, due to age. Right. And uh, to do things like that, yeah, you don't necessarily need a permit for that, but let them know, you know, what you're doing. What about like window dressing type things? Like I, I one time spray, you know, spray painted a section that was on the front of the house because it was fading 
and took an awning off the front of the house. That, that, that's not major construction. I'm just maintaining it, so I'm okay doing something exactly like that. Exactly right. I'm painting. I have a uh, uh, aluminum siding house, and this summer we're painting it. And you don't need to get a permit for exactly anything like right. that. So if you're doing repairs as well, like your garage has got some issue, and you go out there and you get a few boards to fix the thing or something like that, right? you're doing any kind of re- maintenance on stuff like that. It's only major construction projects exactly. what you right. have to you do. Have, like I said, roofing or building in addition, or like I see in your yard, if you're putting in a, a deck or something like that. And again, I said before, there are certain codes that we follow, you know, in, in the state of Illinois. And that's what the billing department is there for to make sure it's done right. I lead kids. We have uh, sometimes have kid groups, you know, coming in for a tour of the village hall. And I'll take them through and we'll hit the billing department. And I'll just say, if you're doing something around your house, you want to check in with these ladies first. You know, just because Uncle Joe owns a hammer doesn't mean that he can build your deck. You know, I mean, there's health. So things, decks, and decks and stuff like that, that's considered to be a construction project. Exactly. Then, if, if you're going to, if you're going to end up putting a deck in the backyard or something. Right. Like and that. just make it easier. What about if it's any size of deck? My wife's bugging me and I have the impression I'm going to have to go get a permit for it. She's bugging me about the idea that she wants to fix up the backyard this year. Okay. So one of the things that she's kicked around is that we have this very small one step that's concrete in the backyard. And we're thinking about basically covering that up with something that's just about that's the same level as that one step but in wood and have it kind of stick out just a little bit it's like a tiny little porch do it just just go do that just go get your go go visit the building department go to the building department if i'm going to do that okay you're just saving yourself miles of trouble down the road yeah because somebody all of a sudden goes where did this thing come from right exactly (laughs) right right um the other outdoor thing you know pools swimming pools are certainly permitted that the the thing there is you have to make sure that there is a fence around the whole yard with a gate that's locked. The entrance to the pool itself, if it's a standalone pool and you got a ladder in there, you've got to take the ladder out when it's not in use. You have to have a fence at a certain height too, right? Right. I think it has to be six feet. Right. Because those four-foot fences that come up to like, you know, like your your shoulder, right, not your right. shoulder, whatever, like those basic regular backyard fences, the the wire mesh ones that right. you see in that are like almost standard in a lot of the neighborhood. Those aren't high enough for pools. Right. Exactly. And then, so you have to go up a little bit higher, right. I think, when you have to do and it. And then also, if, if your pool goes off of a deck, usually there's like a step up to the pool, and that has to be gated off, too. And that's only if you're not home. You know, someone doesn't climb in there, I and mean, that's for your own I was a 911 dispatcher. I've yeah. taken that call before. You'd rather have the fence up. It's a great thing we're talking about opening our pools. Yes, right. it's only April whatever right. 3rd, but, you know, it's coming. <laughs> and then and then I think if you're doing any kind of yard work, you probably also want to call Julie, okay? Yes, because you don't exactly. want to hit any, any wires. Digging. These things you got to check in with. Even if you don't need a permit, these are the things you probably have to exactly. check in. Exactly, and also with any work you're doing, you know, just as a, a side trip from that, uh, when you start disposing of the materials. Now, waste management won't pick up construction materials but if you're doing a clean out it's probably best to give them a call and tell them what you've got and people don't realize okay you've got your blue containers but if you have extra garbage you can put it in hefty bags and tie it up and put it out there by your garbage you know by your blue can or if you've got boxes you know cardboard boxes full of things they'll take that there's a lot to think on here if anybody has any questions or doing any projects anything like that they can call the building department or they can just head down there and it's down in the village hall. Exactly right. right. Okay. Right. And they and they can get they can get it done. It's not really expensive, is it? No, not at all. Okay. I, I know I had to do one for the fence. It's a that percentage I put up a few years of ago. the cost of materials or something like that. Okay. I mean it's 
it's just worthwhile to do it because it saves you a ton of trouble. Why do they do it? Is it something that they're required to do it, or is it just something where it's an, it, this is an income thing for the for the village, or is it a safety thing to make sure they're doing it, it's it right? It's safety. Again, they they follow certain you know municipal building codes in Illinois, and those have to be followed. So what no they're doing what. is they're double checking to make sure things are being done exactly right. Exactly. You're right. not doing it haphazardly, and years from now somebody uses your at home construction project and gets hurt. That's exactly right. All right. Thanks, Glenn. All right. Thank you. Another show is wrapped up, another show's in the books, another show is wrapped up, and then by the looks it's going to be a good one, and we'll see you next week on the Nudist Basement, and the Nudist Basement, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, basement, the Nudie's Basement, the broad basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Never it, even heard it, of that just, place. it just became undry. I'll put it, it just that became way. undry. Yeah. They Yee-haw! just they, they just got approval. Woo! Yep. So oh, but man. you got a lot of you know, just, got a lot of Bible belts. You, when a Louisiana parish goes from dry to undry, there's probably there's probably men just wearing overalls and no shirts and those those straw hats riding on the back of gators, drinking right out of the bottle. They got a jug, right? Or not cans. They do the cheap beer. Oh, okay, cans. Yeah. All right. But all the, everything else I said was totally true. I'm from true. the redneck part of Louisiana. <laughs> Central Louisiana is a lot of rednecks. Right. But everything else I said was totally true. Yes. That may- <laughs> the EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com.